your Bibles out tonight. Turn to the very first book, the book of Genesis. And uh, I told our staff earlier, we're going to be a little abbreviated tonight uh, in, in what we do. Obviously not having an offering, obviously not having handshaking and cutting our songs back a little bit. But I do want to share something with you. I'm thankful you're here and thankful you're able to come. And uh, I hate missing church and I hate missing during the holiday season. And uh, I'm thankful some folks were able even to tune in tonight, and I pray that what we look at will be a blessing to us, whether we're brief or not. Amen. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, remain seated tonight if you don't mind. I'm just going to read one verse, and I want you to look down to verse number 40, I'm sorry, verse number 15. Verse number 15, and uh, we're going to pick up here uh, right after the fall of man. And uh, there's something seasonal here that we're going to look at uh, that maybe you don't realize, maybe you do, and maybe the Lord will help us to see a little bit more about what this holiday we're about to celebrate is all about. Uh, Genesis chapter number 3, look down to verse number 15 as Jesus is, or or the Lord is speaking now uh, his punishment for the fall of man and because of their sin and speaking to the man and the woman and the serpent. Here's what he says in verse 15, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman in between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That's a verse we have read many times, and I'm sure you've read as we read through our Bible together in the new year. You'll read right into this not long uh, as we celebrate the new year. And we're reading about how God is punishing uh, man and woman and the serpent for their part uh, in ushering sin into the world. And as we get down to verse number 15, we're seeing something as he speaks to Satan, if you will. Uh, And as he pronounces his punishment upon him, the Bible says this. It says, there'll be enmity between thee and the woman, and between, watch this, thy seed and her seed. And then he gives some specifics, very prophetic specifics here. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. As we go into this Christmas season, we uh, often see Christ depicted in the manger. Uh, I know if you go out toward a merit, uh, they always have a beautiful manger scene that is there, and Uh, We see Christ there in the manger scene, and we sung about it tonight, and I'm thankful tonight for the babe that was born in Bethlehem, and I'm thankful tonight that we celebrate the arrival of Christ putting on flesh to come and live and die in mine in your stead tonight to help pay the price for our sins. But tonight and, and probably the next couple of Wednesday nights, I believe we have three between now and Christmas, I, I want to look beyond Bethlehem if we could. Uh, And that's going to be the the series that we're going to look at for the next two or three weeks beyond Bethlehem. I don't even have a slide for the guys tonight. I didn't know who was going to be here and who was not going to be here. And the good news is I only have one point for you, okay? Uh, But I want to look at the life of Christ as we look at Bethlehem and we celebrate Bethlehem and the arrival of Christ. It's important, and you and I know this well, that we've got to look beyond Bethlehem. And we've got to look at the bigger picture of what Christ came to do. And I'm thankful today for what Christ came to do. I'm thankful that he came and was born of a virgin. I'm thankful for what we sing about during this Christmas season. But we know and we're thankful tonight it didn't stop at Bethlehem. I'm thankful tonight that that child would grow and that child would go on to do great things, but most importantly, what he would do on the cross at Calvary, uh, what he would do in Gethsemane for you and I, and ultimately what he would do there at the tomb rising from the grave. But I pray tonight that as we go through this holiday season, yes, we're focusing on Bethlehem. 
I'm sure we'll sing multiple times about the little town of Bethlehem. But we must look beyond Bethlehem to see what Christ was going to do. And he said, well, I know what he was going to do. He was going to die on the cross to pay for the sins of all mankind and be raised from the dead. But I want to zoom in just a little bit closer if I could. Uh, ever since COVID, my eyes don't work as well, and uh, just the, that's the worst part of it for me is this little side effect there, and uh, I have a magnifying glass on my desk now. Uh, you know, I remember my grandfather, he had a magnifying glass, and he would use it, and, uh, but as a kid, I would play with it, you know, take it out there in the sun, uh, set something on fire, right? Or as a kid, we'd walk around, and we'd make our eyes big or our mouth big, and uh, now I have one on my desk not for playing with. Uh, I have one on my desk for use because it's, it's hard sometimes to see small writing. And I think they print those instructions on your medicine boxes in the smallest font they can find. I mean, don't they know that's kind of dangerous, right? You're trying to decide how to take medicine and they put it in such a small font. And I'll pull it out and I'll zoom in to get a better picture of what I need to do with that medicine. Now, I believe all of us could do a little bit with some zooming in on the Christmas story. What I'll do over the next two to three weeks is zoom in beyond Bethlehem and look at a little bit more detail of what Christ came to do. Now, as we zoom in, we notice really one of the first references to Christ and one of the first types that are beginning to point to Christ right here in Genesis chapter 3. This is referring to in the bigger picture of what God was going to do right there in verse 15 where the Bible says, It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Here's what I want you to notice tonight. We start seeing a picture begin to form of what Christ was going to do and what God's plan was right here in Genesis chapter number 3 as God is responding to Satan's work of sin. Now I'm going to tell you something tonight. As I read this, I'm so thankful that here we are reading about the fall of man right here, chapter 2, chapter 3, the fall of man, and I'm so thankful that even though sin has done its work on God's perfect creation, God interjects verse 15. And in verse number 15, God lets Satan know that Satan does not have the last word when it comes to our sin. Aren't you glad? You realize if Satan had the last word concerning our sin, there'd be no hope for you and I. There would be no heaven for you and I. There'd be no heavenly father for you and I if Satan had the last word. Thanks be to God tonight. He did not have the last word. All of a sudden, in verse 15, God begins to respond to Satan's great work of sin there in the garden. I want you to notice what God's response is going to be. Notice it says, he. It says, it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. God's response to sin was not going to be just an act. It was going to be the response in the form of a person, and we would know him as the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the one point that I want to give you tonight on looking beyond Bethlehem, if you could, and what Christ ultimately came to do, and here it is tonight. Christ is God's response to sin. Christ is God's response to sin. Now, listen to me. Satan had his influence. Here's God's perfect world. I mean, can you imagine? There is no COVID. There is no West Nile. There is no influenza. There are no stickers. There are no fire ants. Today I'm standing at the head of Miss Estes' casket, uh, preaching the graveside, and I kept having to look down because there was a fire ant bed down there. 
Uh, and I told Brother Davis, I said, listen to me. I said, if I cut this thing short, you just take over and keep going because those fire ants have, would have marched up my leg. What a shame. Fire ants are there. Do you know why all of that is there? All of that is there because of the influence of Satan in ushering in sin into God's perfect world. Now, everywhere we look, we see the influence of sin, don't we? Everywhere. We see it in nature. Uh, we see it in people. And if you look close enough, if you're anything like me, you'll look in the mirror, you'll even see it there. Amen? Do you ever hear the influence of sin come out of your mouth? I do. Are you ever surprised at just how dark the influence of sin can be and the thoughts that cross your mind? Yeah, the influence of sin is there. But thanks be to God that Satan does not have the last word on our sin. And we see in verse number 15, God says, I will respond. And he's going to respond through Christ. Oh, I'm so thankful today for the babe that was born in Bethlehem and he's there in that manger. I'm thankful for that baby that was wrapped in swaddling clothes. But far beyond Bethlehem, Christ was going to be God's response to sin. Oh, never forget that. You know, sometimes it's easy for us to be saved by grace knowing we can't go to hell. Aren't you glad about that? I mean, there's not a lot of things you can't say that you can't do. But boy, one thing, if you're saved, you can't go to hell. Do you know why? Because of God's response to sin, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew Henry put it this way. He says, no sooner was the wound given than the remedy was provided. I mean, right here. Here's Satan. He has done his worst. You know Satan must have sat back and looked at God's creation and realized, look what I did. I believe Satan relishes in stuff like that. I think anytime there is grief and hurt and pain and confusion, I think Satan sits back and he loves it. Why? Because he's the author of it. He said, have you ever made something? And you sit back and think, wow, look what I did. All right, now sometimes I say that in a positive way. Sometimes I say that in a negative way. Boy, look what I did. You ever cook something that tastes good? And you're like, wow, look what I did. And then you ever mess something up? You're like, yeah, look what I did. I believe Satan does that. I believe that's what Satan did in the garden. He's looking back at it, but wait a minute. God steps in and lets him know he does not have the final word. What we're seeing here, I don't know if you play chess. Uh, I like to play chess, believe it or not. I uh, started playing when I was in elementary school, and I haven't played a lot in a while, so don't, please don't challenge me, okay? Uh, it's been a little while. Back in the olden days, there were very few games on a computer. These guys have games that look like real humans on a computer. And the only, do you remember Minesweeper and chess? That was about it. I still don't know the point of Minesweeper, to be totally honest with you. You just kept clicking until something blew up. And then the other thing was chess. And boy, you get on there and you make your move. And all of a sudden, the computer would make its move. And then you would make your next move, and the computer would make its next move. Can I tell you, Satan made a grand move, opening the doors to sin in this world. But thanks be to God, God's going to make his move. And I'm thankful tonight, the move that Christ was going to make for you and I would be the checkmate. It would be the final move. You see, that's why getting beyond Bethlehem is important for us tonight. To realize what God was going to do through that little baby was respond to our sin. I'll give you a real-time real example tonight. October the 7th, there was that horrific, horrific massacre in Israel. Still to this day, hostages are being released. What everybody was asking Prime Minister Netanyahu was, will you respond? How will you respond? When will you respond? 
And he kept reassuring them, I will respond, we will respond. They got everything together, and boy, did they respond, and are they responding. But oh, it's no response compared to what our God was going to do for us. I mean, here's our father right here, Genesis 3, right there in the garden. Things have been messed up. God's going to have to put it all back together. And here's what he says I'm going to do. I'm going to send a response, but it's going to be in the form of a person. Could I encourage you something tonight, this, this holiday season, this Christmas season? Realize something tonight. We had no response. We had no response. There was nothing that you and I could do to fix the mess that our sin had made. We had no response. Ephesians 2.8, that's what the Bible says. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. And that not of yourselves. When uh, Thanksgiving, Miley got sick. She got the bug. And Miley may have been the first one here. This may all be your fault, sweetheart. No, I'm picking. We'll find somebody else that was first, right? Miley got sick and uh, took her to the doctor. And we're sitting there. And first question she asked the doctor is, are you going to swab my nose? <laughs> the doctor says, yes. And she says, how far are you going up there? And I said, sweetheart, it doesn't matter. You just got to do that, all right? And I go to the doctor, and the doctor says, hey, you have the flu type B. And I didn't know there were types. And they said, you have type B. And she said, I'm going to call you in a prescription over there at Sam's. I love getting my prescriptions at Sam's, don't you? And we get that hot dog combo for about a buck seventy-five. Amen. I'm just being honest with you. I, I enjoy that pizza and those hot dogs they have over there. And, man, we went over there, and we got the prescription. We went home. Myla began taking her medicine and cough syrup and some kind of a pills that she was taking. And before long, she got better, and she's doing well now. Here's what I want you to understand. When she got sick, we did everything we could to help her get better. We gave her Sudafet, didn't work very well. We gave her cough drops because, my goodness, her cough was so obnoxious. You know, I'm like, could you just go to sleep and quit coughing? You know, because it's hard to sleep when kids cough and all. I'm just being honest with you tonight. And we tried everything we could over the counter. And there was nothing over the counter that was helping her. So we had to go seek out assistance from someone who was qualified to give her the remedy for what she needed. And can I tell you tonight, that's how God works. Look, there is no over-the-counter remedy for sin. There is nothing that you and I could do for ourselves to remedy the sin problem that we had. Listen, it was a blot upon us. Our righteousness was as filthy rags. There was nothing we could do. And that not of yourselves. And all of a sudden, God says, I'm going to respond to your sin. God, who the only one who was qualified to write a prescription... Here's what God says. God says, you need a perfect, sinless, willing sacrifice to die in your stead. Can I tell you, that's not anything you and I have in our, our medicine cabinet at home. There's nothing we could provide for ourselves. There's nothing we could do for ourselves. But God says, wait a minute, I've got a prescription. I've got one son, my only begotten son. I'm going to send him to live, to die, to rise again for you. You see, that's why getting beyond Bethlehem is important tonight. Because the Bible tells us God responded to our sin. Aren't you glad? Oh, I'll tell you something tonight. It'd be a scary, scary world if there was no response to sin. Ephesians 2.12, the Bible says, We were having no hope and without God in the world. Having no hope and without God in the world. That's you and I if God doesn't respond. By the way, he didn't have to. He didn't have to. I mean, we were the ones who violated his will and his word. We were the ones who transgressed his law. 
He was not obligated, but oh, because he's a loving God and has great love wherewith he loved us, God responded. God says, I'm going to send my only begotten son to live and die for you. And thanks be to God today, that's why you and I can be called the sons and daughters of God. God responded to our sin. When you look at that babe in the manger, you drive by Merritt. They have the biggest one I know around. Or maybe you drive by someone's yard and there's a nativity there. And you see that baby. I want you to think beyond Bethlehem this season. Realize that what Jesus was, was Christ's response to our sin. Many years ago, we were living in our house down at the camp, and I may have told you this before, but it's very fitting, and I was cleaning a gun in my bedroom. As I cleaned that gun in my bedroom, I had dropped the clip, but the clip did not come out of the gun, but it was far enough that I didn't believe that it was a danger, and yes, sometimes growing up here in the South, we're too familiar with our firearms and take them for granted. So don't give me a dissertation after we're done, okay? I'm sitting in there, and I'm trying to get the gun. It was jammed, trying to get it to unjam, and trying to get it to unjam, and all of a sudden, it unjammed, and I let go of the slide. The slide goes forward. My finger's on the trigger. The gun goes off and blows a hole in the ceiling of our bedroom. My wife looks at me with shock on her face. She says, did that just go off? What are you going to say to that? I can't say no. Because it did. I mean, there's a hole in the ceiling, a nine millimeter hole in the ceiling. She goes, oh my, and then she started the woman crying thing. I'm sitting there. I wish there was something that I could say to make the humiliation go away. I wish there were, yes, I meant to do, did you see that spider? He was walking around up there on the ceiling. I know how you hate spiders. No. All I could do is sit there and look at her. And feel humiliated because I had done something very dumb. Next thing I was doing was, it's in the middle of winter, it's raining. I'm climbing on the roof of our house in my pajamas looking for a hole so the rain does not come in our house. It was a humiliating moment. Now, can I tell you tonight, that's the way you and I are with our sin. We sit in our humiliation with nothing to say because we have committed it. For all have sinned. But thanks be to God, the Bible says, Genesis 3.15, that God has a remedy and God was going to have a response for our sin. Can I tell you tonight, it's hard not to see the mercy of God in this. God could have said, okay, you choose sin and you want sin, you can live with sin. And the end of sin, what does the Bible say? It's always going to be death. You're going to die and yet not just physically, you will die eternally separated from me. God could have let us have all that we wanted. He could say, okay, you want sin, you can have it. And yet, no, watch, right here, Genesis 3, right after the sin is committed, God steps in with the solution and says, I'm going to respond. He would respond through Christ. Now, I want you to think about the angel when they came and announced the birth of our Savior. What did it say? Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. You know what the good tidings and the great joy is all about? God responded to our sin. God responded to our sin. Hey, have you ever had something where you sent an email off to a company or a product maybe that you have or something that didn't work out and it says, hey, I, my product's not working out. Could you give me a replacement? And you wait and you wait and you wait and the customer service is not very serviceable, right? But boy, God didn't leave us hanging, did he? What did he say? He says, I'm going to respond to it. Romans chapter 6, the Bible tells us in verse 11, listen close, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, 
but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now watch this. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Watch. Not only was Christ God's response to sin, it is still God's response to sin. Say, wait a minute, I, I am saved. God responded to my sin. I'm saved. I'm sealed. Heaven's my home. But wait a minute. What did the Bible say? Verse 11. We're dead unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign. Bible says, watch, Jesus not only responded to our sin and the saving of our soul, but each and every day I can respond to sin through Christ. Hey, that's the truth tonight. What a blessing it is tonight that when I face sin, and by the way, we all are, we all will. Wait a minute. The Bible didn't say you wouldn't sin. It says, let not sin, therefore reign. It's kind of like this bug that a few folks tonight have got in their body floating around, the flu or West Nile or whatever it is you have. Sin is kind of like that. It might get in every once in a while, but it doesn't have to overwhelm you. Why? Because through Christ, I can respond to sin. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. That goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Why? God says, I'm going to respond to that. Now, I want you to think about the New Testament real quickly. Remember, I only have one point, and we're in it. Amen. We're in it. It's not a pointless message. You and I were much like Lazarus, dead. Do you know Lazarus would have stayed dead if Christ hadn't responded to him in his need? Think about it. Lazarus would have stayed bound in his grave clothes had Christ not responded to him. Think about Bartimaeus. Old blind Bartimaeus, he's sitting over there on the side of the road. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. You know what Jesus could have done? He could have just kept walking. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Here he is sitting in his darkness. He is blind. And all of a sudden, Jesus turns aside. You know what Jesus did for Bartimaeus? The same thing he did for you and I. He responded to him. He responded to him. Maybe tonight we're like the woman at the well. Maybe we're bound in our sin. Oh, my goodness. Jesus must, needs, go through Samaria. Why did he do that? He's responding to her sin. I want you to know something tonight. The babe that was born in Bethlehem. Oh, we celebrate that tonight and we'll celebrate it for the next few weeks. But oh, beyond Bethlehem, that babe would go on to be God's response. God's response. You know, a few weeks ago, I think it was on a Wednesday night, uh, I sent out a, an app alert that there was a, a wildfire at the camp. The kids go down there, and uh, we have a good time down there. Winter retreat will be down here in just a few months. And a uh, wildfire broke out there at the camp, and the Forestry Commission came out, and they bought a big old bulldozer. And, man, they started pushing the world up, trying to stop that fire from spreading over to the camp. There's 120 acres there of ours, and then a lot of other people's property. Those bulldozers are pushing, and my dad called me back a little bit later, and he said, son, they brought a second bulldozer. And, boy, you go over there now, I mean, they, they cut it up. <laughs> they did their job. But man, there are roads cut all through the property. And before the night was over, Dad says they just brought a third bulldozer. You see, they kept responding, and it wasn't enough. They kept responding, and it wasn't enough. And finally, they just kept responding. Why? Everything they were doing, it wasn't enough, wasn't enough, wasn't enough. That's you and I. Man, we can try to be good. We can try to stand in our own might and our own strength. It's not enough. You're going to live every day of your life trying it on your own power. But the Bible says, I can do all things 
through Christ. That means, watch this, when sin comes into my life and I, hey, watch, I choose to sin. Well, now sin's gotten in there like that bug. The Bible says I don't have to let it reign. I don't have to let it be in charge. I don't have to let it rule me because of through Christ, I can respond to my sin. Now listen to me. Mine and your power is like the -the over-the-counter drugs trying to fight the flu. It's just not going to do a whole lot. But man, God's got a prescription for our sin. It's through Christ. And oh, listen, there's no satanic bug that can stand up to that. Why? Because all the way back in Genesis 3.15, we see God's response to sin was Christ. Here's what I love tonight. I'm going to hurry and we'll be done. When you look down to this, the Bible says, let me read this to you, 1 Corinthians 15 first. Today at Miss S's funeral, this verse was read, and boy, what a, what a fitting verse it is for us that are saved. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. So listen to this. The thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now did you get that? Thanks be to God. What did the Bible say? He giveth us the victory. You're talking about a Christmas gift. I mean, in Christ, that babe that was born in Bethlehem, we look beyond Bethlehem and we see that it's the gift of victory. You know, we talk about those gifts that keep on giving, you know. Oh, that's Jesus. That's Jesus. Why? Because through him we have victory. But wait a minute, here's what I want you to get tonight. Even though it is given to us, it had to be won by him. It wasn't given to him. He had to fight for it. You know, we look at that babe in the manger and that wrapped in those swaddling clothes. And men, babies are so sweet and they're so kind and they're so soft. But that little babe was born to be nothing less than a warrior for you and for me that we could be saved. That baby was going to have to go and have to, on his own, now think about this tonight. He was going to have to go toe-to-toe with the powers of darkness, spiritual wickedness. And hanging on the cross, his father would turn his back on him. All so that you and I could be saved and have a response to sin. Now, folks, oftentimes, and I'm thankful tonight, we, we focus in on our salvation, of course. But what we, reala- we realize tonight that Christmas we celebrate not only God's response to sin, but God's triumph over sin. That baby's going to go fight for us, stand for us, live a sinless life for us, all so that we could have an answer to give when the devil knocks on our front door. Folks, we look tonight beyond Bethlehem. What do we see? Well... We see that Christ was enough. So how do you know that? Well, look back at verse 15. I will close with this. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. Now watch this. It shall bruise thy head. And thou shalt bruise his heel. When you see the bruising of the head, we realize this is a mortal wound. This is an overwhelming wound. You know what it means? Christ would be enough. Christ would be an overwhelming response to our sin. I don't know about you, sometimes sin seems overwhelming, doesn't it? We look at the world we're living in. I saw on Fox News today, I think it was a school board, um, a president of a school board somewhere up in the Northeast, I believe, was voted in. And rather than be voted in with their hand on a Bible, they were voted in on a hand of uh, a stack of books, many of them perverted books of homosexuality. I mean, we have... 
we have reached a tipping point in this country. We've gone over the edge in this country. Sin is rampant. It's overwhelming. We see people and just gleefully, I saw a video the other day of an abortion doctor. And uh, one of the pro-life groups was outside of an abortion clinic interviewing this pro-life doctor. And he was literally, gleefully bragging about what he does on a daily basis, taking the lives of innocent children. Sin just seems overwhelming. It seems that sin has a death grip on our country and a death grip on so many people. And it's discouraging, is it not? Wait a minute. My Bible says that where sin did abound... Grace did much more abound. What does that mean? That means that, watch this, the grace of God that was won for us through Jesus Christ, it abounds even beyond the sin in the world we're living in. Look, Don't look at the world and de- get discouraged. Why? Because Christ's response to sin always, what does it say? Where sin did abound, grace did much more. Much more. Did the devil ever remind you of your sin? You ever remind you? Remember what you've done? Remember where you've been? Remember what you've said? Remember what you thought? Remember that? Remember that? Remember that? And maybe in your life you look back, and maybe even now, sin abounds. You're thinking to yourself, wow, I am a horrible human being. But never forget, all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, the Bible says that his response would bruise his head. That's an overwhelming response from God that even though yes Satan will have his what did he say he says that it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel doesn't say sin is not going to have its effects and cause its grief and pain but thanks be to God grace did much more because beyond Bethlehem we see Christ as being God's response to sin give you one verse John 16, the Bible says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. What do you see on doors and t-shirts, store windows this time of year? Peace on earth. Peace on earth. Boy, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Be nice if there was peace in the Middle East. That's not going to happen. Be nice if there was peace in Ukraine. I mean, those folks, for years now, they've been going through what they're going through over there. It'd be nice to have peace. The Bible says that Jesus gives a prescription. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amazing, we go all the way back to the book of Genesis. We're not looking in the Gospels at the birth of Christ. We go all the way back to the book of Genesis, and we see already God was getting his response. I will respond to your sin. I will respond to your need. And yes, sin may abound, but my grace through Christ is going to abound so much the more. Folks, tonight, this is a season where we can have peace. And what did he say in verse 33? He says, be of good cheer. Two words we often hear this time of year, right? A season of peace and a season of cheer. Oh, listen, it's not just a song. It's available. It's available, what did he say? Through him, through Christ. God's response for our sin. As we go through this season, I don't think it hurt us at all if we took some time with our kids. Yes, we talk about the cross. Yes, we talk about the resurrection. But boy, I think it'd be all right to talk about our sin and realize that baby that was born in Bethlehem. Yes, he was sweet. Yes, he was wrapped in swaddling clothes, but he's going to go and be the answer to a question that we couldn't answer for ourselves. 
Tonight, beyond Bethlehem, just one thought, one thought at all tonight that we'll take home with us. Christ was God's response to our sin. Throughout this Christmas season, let's give honor and glory and praise to God for having the answer we needed. Amen. Let's have our heads